Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. If you're that, folks, you're going to get your student loans, well, maybe not all the way forgiven, but somewhat forgiven. At least that's the rumor coming from Washington, D.C. But before we get there today, we want to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is the one and only Expat Money Show. Head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat, where you can join our good friend Mikkel Thorpe, who's going to help you, number one, yes, save and protect the money you work so hard to earn from ambulance chasing lawyers, nefarious creditors, and greedy, unjust governments. Also, Mikkel Thorpe, he says, I have helped people just like you invest internationally, secure second passports and residencies, eliminate your tax bill, and of course, take advantage of offshore structures so you can travel the world freely and never have to worry about money again. Now, folks, Mikkel has been a sponsor here on the program for the past few months, and uh, we're getting close to the Expat Money Summit. That's going to be taking place November 7th through November 11th, five days, 30 expert speakers, amongst them the one and only Ron Paul. So make sure you head to briannicholshow.com forward slash expat and grab your free tickets to this virtual summit today. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash expat. All right, folks. So yeah, a rumor is that Joe Biden is going to go ahead, not only uh, going to go ahead and help, uh, I think it's forgive $10,000 worth of loans, but also he might extend or at least push the, the uh, extension a little bit further for the student loans uh, being on pause right now. So talking about that today, joining me from Liberty Lockdown, Clint Russell, welcome back to the Brian Nichols show. Woo! What's up, brother? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm pissed that I paid off all my student loans, but you know, you live and you learn. Sometimes it's good to be a deadbeat. Oh man! Well, uh, we we just we just hung out there down in uh, Florida for uh, Young Americans for Liberty Orlando. Uh, it was a great Revolution 2022. Uh, you and I got to hang out. I know I hosted, uh, or rather, I moderated. It was the uh, hosted event by the Florida Mises Caucus. So we got to hang out there. It was you, Dave Smith, Michael Heiss, Spike Cohen, Hector Ruse. Great panel. And then uh, later in the event, it was you, Mike, uh, Mark Clare, and uh, Reed Coverdale. You had a great conversation talking about um, really the ideas, I think, just being a better overall individual and how that can help you in the overall liberty movement be successful is by focusing on your own room first. Almost a very Jordan Peterson-esque conversation. But uh, talk to us. What's been new in the world of liberty lockdown? Uh, I mean... A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've had on, I've had on a, a ton of huge guests. Um, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer, 666, uh, Alex Stein, Anomaly, Dave Smith's on this Thursday. And then I have a huge debate uh, between Sticks and Dave on Trump's legacy on September 4th. Hmm. So that's going to be probably the biggest episode I've ever done, I would imagine, because uh, I I personally am excited for it. So I know a lot of people are. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on with the show. As for that... Uh, that panel I did with uh, Mark and, and Reed, it, it I really didn't expect it to be so Jordan Peterson-y, uh, but <laughs> clean your it, room. It's, yeah, I mean we were. <laughs> it's like you have a bunch of young kids that are that are sitting there and they're they're all asking themselves like they're all looking at the same dark stuff that we see. You know, they yep. may not understand it in quite the same way we do, but they still see it. And and I think there's a, a real a real chance you could get blackpilled very early on so i just wanted to encourage the guys that are you know, or and ladies that were there too um you know to to try and focus on what you can control because there's so much so much in this world that we can't control right now world war three for instance uh so 
you know, that was that's kind of how we ended up on that track, I think. Yeah, no, it was a great conversation, uh, great panel debate or not even debate, really, because I think you guys were all on the same page really much with how to approach making a difference in the liberty movement. It does kind of go back to you, you have to focus on what you can control. And that is exactly the, the point you guys really uh, brought home during that that panel, but also to the point of how that can impact policy. And that's focusing a lot on the local elections where you can have the most impact. You're going to have a lot more weight in your vote for school board than your vote for president. That's just reality, folks. So go ahead and get more involved in that area as well. Clean up your own room, if you will, when it comes to your local politics. So uh, anyways, let's let's talk about uh, what we've we've heard here is the rumor coming from Washington, D.C., and that is, yeah, Joe Biden realizes that the Democrats are in trouble for the uh, the midterm elections here. So he's he's doing the Hail Mary. He's trying to Roger Staubacher uh, versus the Vikings. And he's just given one big heave. And what's the heave? He's trying to say, OK, if you make 125K or less, I will forgive up to $10,000 of your student loans. And, uh, you know, hey, maybe we're just going to go ahead and push back this COVID uh, pause we've had on student loans indefinitely. Well, at the very least until after the midterms, but we'll see after that. And it likely will go ahead and resume very shortly thereafter. But talk to us, Clint. How do we get to the point now where we're actually talking about student loan, not just relief, but actual forgiveness, where it's not just a pie in the sky idea, but now coming down from executive order from the president? Well, you can thank the uh, the very same colleges that they went to for why they believe that that's righteous and the correct path to take. I mean, this is all part of the Marxist indoctrination centers that unfortunately pervade our country. Um, so I'm not at all surprised, to be honest. I, I, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened sooner, uh, especially when you have you know the Biden administration uh, and Congress, whoever. It's a bipartisan issue uh, shipping tens and tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine in a proxy war against nuclear power. It's like, well, how are you going to turn around and look at your constituents and say, yeah, but we can't help with those student loans. You know, like we're shipping <laughs> hundred, a hundred plus billion dollars. I think it is at this point. If not, it's very close uh, to this war with the nuclear power. And, you know, we can't help you out. Sally, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just think, and and also they've ran on it. You know, they've been promising this stuff for a long time. So it's just very disappointing. You know, I, I really view this as like end end of uh, end stage empire. You know, like we are, everybody's at the trough. The Democrats know that they're DOA in the midterms, and they're doing, as you said, a hail mary to try and try and garner uh, the sheep's vote. And it's it's tragic because we can't afford any of this stuff. You know, people always go, if we can afford the war in Ukraine, then we could certainly afford to forgive college loans. I'm like, we can't afford effing we any of it. We can't afford none of, it. of those. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford any. And uh, the the thing that uh, most people aren't going to be privy to is that, you know, and this is, I mean, this is why the kids are going to love it. But, um, you know, these kids that are that have been trying to keep their head above water with the student loans, and it is a burden. I'm not trying to downplay it at all. It's a burden that they put themselves in, so I don't have a ton of pity. But regardless, uh, those people, when they are stuck in a position of, you know, just barely getting by and paying, you know, 500 bucks or whatever it is towards their student loans every month. Well, if that's forgiven, all of a sudden that 500 bucks automatically is going to not automatically, but it's the vast majority of it. We all know is going to be pushed into the consumer market. They're going to start buying extra stuff uh, that adds to inflation and inflation, which we're allegedly trying to cure. So it's uh, it's, it's going to increase mon- monetary velocity. Uh, and we already have way too much fiat in the system. And it's just going to make makes things worse. Um, but, you know, 
They don't really care. It's yeah, tragic. What's, what's $1.7 trillion in student loan forgiveness, right? I mean, what is that? That's a drop well, in the bucket to the Fed. Yeah, well, I, I, I seriously doubt it's going to end up being that much because, yeah. as you said, it's only going to be for people making uh, less than 125000 and it's only up to $10,000 of forgiveness, uh, allegedly. I mean, who knows? We'll see what it is. But a lot of people have, you know, 50, 60,000. So a lot of people have six figures of student debt. Uh, so I don't think that this is going to amount to 1.7 trillion, but it'll probably be a couple hundred billion. Yeah. Well, and Chuck Schumer and a lot of the leading Democrats in Congress, they, they don't think this is enough. Not only do they not think this is enough, they oh, were pushing for $50,000 in, in forgiveness. Yeah. And, and I mean, that just shows you like the disparity to where even Biden is to where I mean, dare I say, I don't know how to call Chuck Schumer a radical because he's not really a radical, but he's being driven by the more radical voices. And what's shocking is that even that is not necessarily the most radical voices. You've seen folks like the AOCs there who just say up to everything, just nuke it all. And right. I mean, of course, it's the magic money tree, right? You know, just wave the magic wand and everything is just make believe. And and that seems to be the, the monetary, uh, was it the, the monetary Modern monetary theory. There we go. Yeah, uh, that approach to, to economics, like there is no real life uh, consequences to just arbitrarily adding zeros to the the you know the debt. It just yeah, it's a, you know zeros in a computer. What's it matter to us? Well, yeah, I mean it it doesn't matter until you have inflation, and we have inflation. So yeah. like they ought to they ought to you know have a come to Jesus moment where they realize, hey, this is actually creating really serious problems in this country um, because if you get to a point of actually breaking your currency and you rely on government payouts, which is a larger and larger percentage of Americans are starting to rely on that, uh, it gets very ugly. Because if you don't have any hard assets to offset the inflationary pressures that, you know, if you if you own 10 houses, if you own, you know, uh, even just a single rental property, or if you own your own home, well, at least you're buoyed from some of that inflationary pressure, because obviously your asset goes up in value too. Uh, but if you're a you know college kid, you're you're essentially making it impossible for yourself to ever get your foot on the economic ladder, which is homeownership, and uh, they're going to end up, you know, kicking themselves uh, down the road. I think it's it's very short sighted, um, but uh, it's not at all surprising. I mean, this is this is exactly what our young people now believe in to a large extent, and I don't know how you remedy that. I mean, you have a, an entire demographic of people that that strongly believe that if, Hey, if I get in over my head with debt, then, you know, mommy and daddy government's going to swoop in and, and bail me out. Just like my parents did my whole childhood. Uh, it's very, very troublesome. Yeah. Well, and this is something I think we're going to see continue to, to be a conversation. If it, this does end up happening uh, on Wednesday, as it's talked about. So as we're recording here today, tomorrow, uh, we'll find out for sure. But uh, then, you know, well, let, let me just add too yeah, that, that this precedent of, a belief that you should have loans forgiven for any reason completely does away with the the concept of self-responsibility mm. and contract law. And ultimately it will lead in the not too distant future to people imploring the government to bail them out from their home mortgages too. I mean, this is, mm. uh, I really think that it's not that big of a leap to say, well, yeah, you know, I, I got my student loan forgiven. Why not and and also it, it it programs people to think well if I get in uh, you know over my head someone's going to help me out at some point you know no one's going to allow me to just eat shit like I ought to so they're going to end up buying houses that they can't afford and taking on debt that they can't possibly 
sustain, which creates malinvestment, which ultimately ends up in the, another foreclosure crisis. Um, you know, I know I'm extrapolating quite a few steps ahead, but it's really not that far ahead. You know, you already had the bailouts of the banks after the 0809 collapse. Now you're going to have the bailout of the college students. Well, at some point you're going to have the bailout of the, the homeowner consumer. Uh, so good luck. <laughs> Let's go back really quick to uh, the, the student loans. Cause I, I did have a question. I've seen this idea floated even in some more conservative libertarian circles. It's the idea of, okay, well, let's not get on board with canceling student loan debt. But what about canceling the student loan debt interest? Because that seems to be where you're seeing a lot of, of folks struggling is, you know, they're paying years on end and they're just you know not even be able to make dents. Now, does that go to, well, what, what are you taking your loan out for? Yes, but I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Well, as far as I know, the the vast majority of student loans are are held by the government, and they are very reasonable interest rates, somewhere in the in, in the arena of four to five, maybe six percent. So, that's not outrageous. That's by no means is that uh, I'm forgetting the term. I haven't I haven't done a, a <laughs> loan in too long. Um, what's the what's the term when you charge too much in interest? Oh, geez. sorry, I can't remember. Yeah. It'll it'll come to me. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I I just think that you know it's. They're not. They're not gouging people for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's some private uh, extortion. Student loans. Is that the word you're looking for? No, nah, it's another one. God, I can't believe I can't remember this. I used to say it all the time. My brain, my brain's off today. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't see any reason to to justify that. I think that it, you signed the contract. These aren't like, for the most part, these aren't uh, adjustable rate loans that started off at, well, I mean, many of them started off at 0% until you graduate and then they, they lock in at whatever the Fed funds rate is plus, you know, two or three points over, you know, LIBOR or whatever they, they base it off of. Um, so that's, it's not bad, you know? And so I, I don't agree with libertarians ever, ever intervening with contract law and saying, Hey, you know, these kids can't afford it. So we should bail them out. Like that's not, that's not a libertarian principle by any stretch that I can make. I, I don't know how they're, you you give me the explanation. Why why should libertarians advocate for that? I don't understand. Oh, I, I'm not making the argument. I, I I've heard. No, that I know, presented. but I'm saying. Oh, you know, try I, mean, and, I guess try the argument would. If I were to make that argument, I would say it would make sense if it's a government loan and it's it's predatory in nature by the nature the fact that you almost see every single school district up until recently was always pushing kids to colleges. And a lot of those loans are going to be backed by government. So it's almost well, like if, you're you're being pushed from going from the public entity to the private entity, but then you're being backed by the government loan. So it's this, again, this quasi, I mean, really, it's a, it's a socialist kind of approach if you think about it, because you're just taking the government and you're passing along to the, the student in that case, but you're doing right. it through the back end, through the, the taxation. So to your point, this, does it really make sense? Eh, you know, because you're going still, it's a, it's a con, you're entering into that decision. I know lots of folks who didn't go to college. They decided it wasn't for them. And they're the ones not paying the, the student loans right now. And I guess that's the other question. It's like, why should they be the ones forced now to, to pay for, literally, the, the choices of others? And I guess oh. that goes to the, the other, you know, the more philosophical question of, of the you know, overall impact of what this would do to that domino effect. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's... 
these ultimately, if you if you forgive even the interest, the, the government was still receiving those payments prior, which means that their tax rolls decrease, which means that they they're going to make it up somewhere anyways. So, you know, you're still you're still basically putting this bill on the back of taxpayers for that interest because they're going to tax us in a different way to to achieve the same uh, tax roll. So I, I I think that the libertarian answer is to say that it should be a, a bankruptable debt. I mean, that that to me is the clear answer is that. Oh, yeah. How know, many folks would go ahead and instantly default on their 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 uh, degrees? I, I know for a fact there there would be millions across the, the country who would be like, yeah, I don't need this. I, I never well, need a degree. I mean, no, it's to, well, it's not that you're you're not giving up your degree. It, it, it just you have a bankruptcy on your record and you and you rid yourself of that debt and then you can't get uh, conventional lending for five or seven years is, is normally how it works. And if you're looking at 50,000 or 100,000 worth of debt and you're 22 or 23 years old, it makes a ton of sense to to just walk away and say, OK, I'm not going to be a participant in the, the conventional banking system until I'm 30. But, you know, it's either that or I just struggle through this and try and keep my head above water. That makes a lot of sense because those people, they should have never received these loans. They should have never been given $150,000 worth of loans when they have no marketable skills. I mean, also it's a, it's a, obviously it's a condemnation on the, the, uh, you know, academic institutions that, that you're charging this much for a product that can't uh, produce an ROI in the back end that makes it so that these kids can come out and earn enough money to pay their loans. So on, a, on all fronts, it's, it's a government created problem, obviously, but the, you know, academic uh, realm also bears a, a huge brunt of the blame as far as I'm concerned. The, the fact that they have constantly con- convinced these kids, because they are kids, I mean, 16, 17 years old, oh, yeah. most of them, when they're, when they're applying for college, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, so you know, I, I, have, I have sympathy in that regard. But at the same time, I don't think the taxpayer should eat it as much as the, the government. I guess the government eats it if they bankrupt them, so if they go bankrupt too. But that still allows people to at least own some of the pain, you know, because then the, then the kid has to go, okay, I did, I got out of this, but I made a mistake. I'm not going to be able to get a bank loan for seven years. You know, like someone has to, like, there has to be shared punishment here. You can't just go, these people are purely victims. Like they signed on the line, you know? So that's my viewpoint. And I, I was going more to the idea of collateral, I guess, for your, your degree, but I guess that's not the same. It's not like your house. No, not the same. they don't, they don't collateralize the, the <laughs> degree. That would be hilarious. Anymore, man. Get it back. <laughs> that would be that would be absolutely hilarious. If they did <laughs> right? That. Yeah, I don't need my poli sci degree anymore. I didn't need it really to begin with, but that's another conversation for a different oh, day. By the way, <laughs> the uh, overcharging of interest rates is called usury. My, my usury. God, that's a yeah. business law term I haven't heard since I think freshman year of college. Yes, yes. So I was I was a mortgage lender, so I I know it well, but I haven't done a loan in a couple of years now, so I totally forgot. But that's when you charge you know fifteen or twenty or twenty five percent interest rate. And my point was, it's these are not usurious uh, interest rates that they're being charged for the most part. Well, folks, we could continue this part of the conversation all day long. But uh, actually, Clint and I were talking beforehand. One of the things that popped up was we're going to take a hard turn up towards Michigan. And uh, let's go all the way back. And this kind of goes in hand with what we've seen happen with January 6th and a lot of folks questioning the FBI and their intentions there. And then you look at what's happening with Trump and, and Mar-a-Lago in response. And you go back to in 2020 with Michigan, you had what was an attempted coup, right, of uh, Gretchen Whitmer, who is the governor of Michigan, and two of the uh, individuals who were arrested were found to was it found not guilty? Is that correct in saying? Yeah. But the other two, just recently, I think, as of was it today, they were found yeah. to be guilty. 
Uh, so on, fed- on all counts, all counts. Yeah. A federal jury yeah. in Grand Michigan convicted two men charged with plotting to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitman, uh, Whitmer out of anger of her handling of the pandemic, ending a dramatic trial that has highlighted the growth of violent extremism in America. That's USA Today. Um, yeah. So talk to us, Clint. What happened in this case? Well, I don't know all the ins and outs, but what I do know is that in the in the jury trial where the two men were let off, uh, they were able to present evidence, text messages and things of that nature that demonstrated that the FBI had been uh, in, basically entrapping them all the way along, encouraging them. They had women that uh, FBI agents that slept in one of the guy's beds. You know, it was like very clear that they were they had infiltrated this little group of like nobodies and tried to convince them to do something really radical. It seems as if the plan to do so was so far-fetched it could have never happened. It, 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 but then in the, the jury trial where the two men that were convicted, convicted, the judge said, it doesn't matter if they couldn't have accomplished the task, you still have to convict if even if this was just their plan. Um, and he also prevented the, the defense from presenting evidence of uh, the text messages between them and the FBI agents. So... <laughs> two of two of these men go away forever or you know god knows how long and the other two walk free i just think that if you're they're all accused of the same thing it just goes to show like man you better have a really good attorney if the fbi uh sets their sights on you um and what really concerns me about this is you know you pair this with the what i view as a political hit with the fbi raiding mar-a-lago you have the fbi which also uh covered up the epstein island saga you have an fbi that has done terrible harm to our country and uh and the trend line is pointing downward you know it's not getting better it's getting significantly worse so from my vantage point that's my primary concern with this is using every single example i can muster to try and encourage the right wing the left wing whoever whoever will listen that abolition is what's required not reformation we cannot reform uh, an organization that was corrupt from its inception the fbi has always been used as a political weapon it has always been used to persecute political dissidents, not even political figures, but just political dissidents, groups, things of that nature. Obviously, um, you know, Martin Luther King, there's ton, a litany of examples that can demonstrate that the FBI is a deeply evil organization. And uh, I am praying that if the conservatives get in, that they don't just give lip service to it and they don't just reform the FBI, but abolish the entire thing. Uh, obviously, there's many three-letter agencies that I'd like to see abolished, but they're up there. I, I think <laughs> that they are a, a political, you know, Gestapo brown shirt organization that just simply cannot exist in a free country. And until they, as long as they exist, we don't live in a free country. I was on the Dave versus Goliath podcast last night, and that was actually part of a question that I got asked because. One of my things I try to focus on is how do we sell liberty? And, and the idea of selling liberty, one of the objections that was raised up was like, well, what if you have friends who see the FBI going after people and trying to entrap them or, you know, go just arbitrarily putting in this case, they use the example of putting if you're an ANCAP, you're on an FBI watch list now as considered an extremist group. I mean, that's definitely an objection you can hear because folks don't want to be lumped in with quote extremist groups because nobody wants to put themselves and their family in danger. So, I mean, this is a new thing. It's not really a new thing, but it's definitely more for us. It's a newer thing to see us now we're being labeled into this extremist camp. But I mean, frankly, 
were being lumped in there as well as, you know, school board moms who are, are pissed off at what they're seeing their kids learning in the classroom and are fighting back against school boards. So you know, we're, I guess we're in good company there. But uh, Clint, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, for, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I forgot to mention that one, the, the school board and, <laughs> um, you know, labeling concerned parents as basically domestic terrorists. It's insane. I mean, it, you're right. This isn't this isn't new, but it is new for us in the sense that they are they've just widened their net like it used to be like militant organizations to a large extent. You'd have like the Black Panthers right. and things like that armed like separationist or segregationist type uh, mentality. Like we're not that, you know, all we want is to uh, basically abolish the government, but we don't have any sort of violent intent. Right. And uh, that that to them is violence. So it's not surprising, I guess, but it, it is a little bit surprising with the pace at which they've done this. I mean, they, it was day one of Biden's presidency that they rolled out the domestic violent extremist memorandum that that started to list libertarians in that uh, that type of group. Um, and uh, the what I really want to point out too is that the the Whitmer kidnapping plot hoax it was a hoax uh, was utilized to try and suppress people that oppose lockdowns to categorize them as as domestic extremists or terrorists. Um, you know, as someone who hosts a show called Liberty Lockdown, I take that pretty fucking personally, you know, like, <laughs> hello, uh, you just because I oppose the most tyrannical thing that the government has ever done in my lifetime, I am now automatically a potential dom domestic violent extremist. Like, no, I don't accept that label. And and it, it's just it's an insane thing to say to put. I mean, half this country at this point is adamantly opposed to the lockdowns, at least half, probably so. Oh, half of this country is now a terrorist, you know, like at what point does this just get to be such obvious tyranny that we don't just go, OK, well, now you guys all got, you're all abolished. We can't have this anymore. It's too dangerous for you to even exist at this point. It's it's really scary. Well, I mean, this is something we've been talking about for 20 years now. The war on terror came home and the same pretexts that were used to fight an ideology are now trying to be used to fight, in this case, the ideas of liberty. And you're seeing exactly it happen right here at home and it's it's like you don't want to you don't want to be the one being like i told you so but like guys we told you so and then like now i'm hoping because things are happening so fast that people just can't unsee it because it's it is happening in real time but you're i mean i just had a conversation yesterday with jeffrey tucker here on the show about you're seeing folks like anthony fauci and burks and, and walensky who are out there trying to rewrite history and they'll 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 do it. If they get the chance, they will absolutely do it. So that's why it's oh, important yeah. for us to actually stand up and, and actually speak the truth. Talk about what we know and, and see what has happened, but also make sure we don't let it happen again. And that's frankly what you've been doing over at Liberty Lockdown. So talk to us, Clint. I know we're hard pressed for time here. Where can folks go ahead, follow you and support your amazing show? Sure. At Liberty Lockpot on Twitter, I'm at 49.3. I just need 700 more followers to get to 50,000. That would be Lovely. Before I get nuked, get me to 50. That'd be a nice milestone <laughs> before they, they uh, banish me to the nether realm with Reed Coverdale. Um, as far as supporting my show, if you want to go to libertylockdown.locals.com, I do once monthly AMAs over there where you can actually come in on stream with me. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, I have a you know a pretty deep uh, business management and economic background, so I can give advice and things like that, which I simply cannot do on Twitter, particularly with as many followers as I have now. People DM me with questions all the time. I just can't respond to all of them. So five bucks a month, you're able to actually come on, on stream with me, you know, once a month and uh, and bounce ideas off me, things like that. It's really, it's a cool thing. And it also makes me feel like I get to know you guys. So that's cool too. 
Um, as far as the show, just Liberty Lockdown. Search it YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all over the place. Uh, that we recently almost got to a to being a top 100 news podcast in America, according to Apple Podcasts. So the uh, the popularity of the show continues to blow my mind. Uh, I really appreciate everybody that's that supported me, and I hope hope we can keep this ball rolling before they uh, either nuke us or nuke me. <laughs> God. Yeah, well, that's why I think also doing those in-person events, like when we got to hang out that, uh, down yeah. there in Florida, that's why that stuff is so important because just in case, God forbid, the worst happens, at least we get to connect in real life. We get to know For each sure. other in real life and, and build those real-life relationships. So, uh, my man, it was great to see you down in Florida. Thank you for fighting the good fight. And, folks, if you uh, particularly enjoyed today's episode, well, that means you should definitely go ahead and give uh, Liberty Lockdown a subscribe. So I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes for you. And by the way, folks, did you know that we have all 567 plus episodes here of the program available over at briannicholsshow.com? So just head over there. And by the way, if you're a new listener here of the program, go to your podcast catcher, hit the download all unplayed episodes, and you can go ahead and start from day one, January 2018, and watch the evolution of the show. It's really cool, actually, because uh, I was uh, doing the whole, you know, we gotta be better at trying to sell this stuff. And you know, nobody's gonna take us seriously until we take ourselves seriously. And going to war against LP National at the time it was against Arvind Vora that was episode two um, because yeah. he was just being Arvind Vora uh, that's a great conversation or at least a good <laughs> listen for a podcast of yesteryear but Clint any final thoughts here for the audience today uh, no just keep going folks like as Brian was saying do not let them rewrite history you know what we've experienced over the past two and a half years should not be forgotten and it cannot be forgiven until there's punishment levied uh, I honestly believe that. Like, if you expect us to just move on with our lives and allow, you know, Dr. Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci and uh, God, I could go down the list. There's a ton of them. But basically, everyone involved with the pandemic response, as far as I'm concerned, deserves criminal charges. That's my honest opinion. Uh, at a minimum, at a minimum. <laughs> and, then, and then you also need to abolish the organizations that allowed for this tyranny to to unfold. Um and then beyond that, you know, just tell the truth. Just speak, speak your truth. Do not, do not think that you have such a radical minority voice that just telling people how you actually feel uh, will get you ostracized. You'd be surprised. There's a hell of a lot more people out there that see the truth for what it is. And if you're, if you're speaking from, uh, from the heart. Hopefully you can wake some more people up. Thank Amen. you for having me, man. Amen. I, and you know what's great is that we actually just did two recent episodes on that. It was one, what can we learn from Ron Paul about speaking the truth, even when it feels like you're standing alone. Then also yesterday with Jeffrey Tucker, we were talking about Anthony Fauci and the future for Anthony Fauci, even after his resignation becomes official in December. Uh, and yeah, he's going to be cashing in on that sweet, sweet book deal, of course. Uh, folks, if you want to go ahead and check those episodes out, I'll make it easy for you. I'll include that right here over on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe button. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't 
don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.